Welcome to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. In this week's episode, the guys go over how a U.S. debt default could affect the housing market, all while enjoying Knob Creek Small Batch Bourbon. And what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. As always, I am Charlie Sardelli, and I'm here with... Jameson Amaros. Oscar Ibarra. And we are three Colorado-based realtors that do this podcast specifically to arm you, the consumer, with the best knowledge as possible. We drop our episodes every week, uh, audio on Friday and uh, video on our YouTube channel, Living in Colorado, The Mile High Perspective, every Monday to Wednesday. So be sure to subscribe so you can catch all the up-to-date information. And like I said, up-to-date information is is what we like to do for you guys. And we're going to tackle a... Uh, hmm... What's, what uh, would the word be? What would you depressing say? Depressing ass I subject. I said the roof. The roof. <laughs> the roof, roof is, is on fire. fire. <laughs> We're going to talk about the, the debt ceiling. Uh, we don't the, need no water. Let that motherfucker <laughs> burn. <laughs> but we, we, we want to we try and talk about it just to kind of bring in some, uh, some ideas as to what could happen if we do default, especially as you see headlines, you know, markets crashing, interest rates going up. We want to just kind of break down uh, some factors and information, especially... Uh, because I think it was Zillow, right? Zillow released released an article not they too had, long they, ago. Yeah, they put it out as estimate of how bad mortgage rates are going to get. <laughs> Zillow's estimate on the on the ceiling, um, but that's what we're going to try and Zillow's tackle. Zillow's estimate, period, suck. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't, I I don't like care the, what Zillow. The does. video that one of the videos that I watched in preparation was talking about. He's like, love them or hate them, they made the article, so we just right. got to go off of it, right? Um, but it is something that's scary, and I know. Even my clients are, are being affected by it as far as, you know, what they're willing to put down in earnest money, down payment, stuff like that. So with something that could affect the market on such a wide scale across many factors, I think it's it's good for us to talk about. Well, and let's let's be fair. When we say effect, what we mean is if if we default, <laughs> the housing market is going to crater. Yeah. Just yeah. straight up. Let's yeah. just let's just get that. They're not gonna mm-hmm. pussyfoot around it. Yes. It will crater. It's mm-hmm. gonna be bad. If interest rates go above eight percent for an extended period of time, mm-hmm. you're going to see a fucking bloodbath. Yes. So we want to make sure you guys are prepared. And when we say bloodbath, I think it's going to be, it's going to affect the housing market and that we'll lose value um, just because mm-hmm. it has to, and, and I've said this in the past, that the housing market has a lot of more balance to do yep. uh, just with the interest rates. Um, again, I've, I've seen a lot. And when I first started the business, I was refinancing people out of their nines and 10% mm-hmm. into a six. And six was, oh my God, it was an awesome rate. So if you take things into perspective, how much would it drop? Now, again, we will reference back away mm-hmm. that housing market tanked because of the, the loan products that were on the market. Um, we're going to be talking about what the U.S. government's going to do as far as the, the national debt. Uh, have they defaulted, what's going to happen if they do default, and if they raise the ceiling and go into more debt. Uh, obviously, I don't want to get too ahead of, of the mm-hmm. subject, but the housing market, uh, it affects the investments and, and borrowing money. Yep. Um, and I think if we do go to 8%, it's just going to balance it. We can't, people can't afford you know, $700,000 yep. houses at an 8% with the more the money they make right yeah. so it's an economic balance um it, it, when it comes to percentages i mean we're not going to tank like an 08 i don't think but we will see a, a good hit mm-hmm. in retrospect the people that I just bought hang in there if you have a job you'll be fine we'll we'll balance out at some point yeah. but we had the people that bought 
four or five years ago, I don't think it's going to affect them much because they have so much equity in their mm-hmm. money. Well, and, yeah. and, that, and that's the thing, too, is as you start looking at percentages and numbers, and, and again, we talk about headlines all the time, but that, that's one and, thing. And, and again, I'm more emotional. I'm, not, I'm less emotional, more yeah, exactly. fact and number driven. Exactly. Give and me the numbers and I'll be like, look, get the emotional side out of it. Let's talk, let's talk numbers and the numbers. Mm-hmm. The numbers, as much as they don't make you feel all fuzzy and warm inside, the numbers are what they are. Well, and on that note, as always, we are not going to talk about this in a red or a blue way. We're going to talk about this as numbers, as facts, as what the stats say are going to come. So don't, don't even bring it up. Well, and, and, and again, whether it's red or blue, it's been on both sides of parties that yep. this has been a factor in. It's, yeah. it's been under, I think it was in Bush's administration that we had to look at it. And there's been some Democrats as well. Oh, so yeah. it's, oh, been, yeah. we, it's we, been on uh, both sides since and, and they both pushed yeah. and, and did what they yeah. need to do. And the U.S. government, you know, there's maybe some agendas. I don't know, but we're not going to knock on wood. We're never going to end up a third world country. We're smart. And when and when we borrow money, we borrow money to to stimulate or activate more money into the economy. Yeah. So it's, it's smart borrowing. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think today I'm not an economist. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm a realtor. <laughs> right. <laughs> smart borrowing until we did not smart borrowing. And that's why we're in the position we're in today. But exactly. We'll right. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, but, what are we like? 33 trillion, well, well, 60 yeah, trillion. We'll touch, I mean, yeah. We'll touch tomato, on it. Today, uh, we, we want to kind of keep it simple, especially because the topic is going to be so heated. We wanted to go with a, with another uh, bourbon here that everybody would kind of be familiar with, especially with the, with the name of it. Uh, so today we did choose to go with the Knob Creek, and this is going to be the small batch, which is going to be 100 proof. So if you watched nine last year. week's episode, nine years? It's yep. a nine-year bourbon. Nine-year bourbon. So if you watched last week's episode, this would be, honestly, I think it, it'll be a good comparison from last week to this week because that was also 100 proof, but it, I think it was, what, five or six years? Mm-hmm. On last, four. On the, four years on New Riff. Four. But yep. the New Riff changed with the copper and the, and the cold, uh, cold distillation, filtration. New Riff is, like in the name, it's a newer age bourbon. Exactly. This, these guys have been a while for Tried a while. and true. Exactly. I mean, so, Knob Creek's been staple for us. Yeah, and if you go, again, if you go into any bar, you're going to see Knob Creek on the shelf, whether it be the, the you know, the lower end, the, the small batch. Knob Creek is a, is a well-known brand when it comes to bourbon. So we're going to go ahead and just kind of touch on that a little bit. I'm going to pass it off to our stat info guy over here, Jameson, while I, while I pour it out. He's looking through. It was a, it was a mad dash, guys. It was I, a mad dash. They're like, uh, who brought the bourbon? I was like, I'll stop and grab some. And I went through the aisles like, I don't know. I'm grabbing some Knob Creek. It's good to drink, and it's a staple. And yeah, so, I mean, basically, Booker No was the one that created Knob Creek. And they uh, aged their whiskeys, like we talked about, for nine years because they believe that that brings out the best flavor and characteristics of the whiskey. We are drinking, I believe, a single barrel. So there is zero, uh, essentially mix mixing of any barrels. This is this barrel that was done. You're not going to, if they do another single barrel, it's not going to taste exactly like this one. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, they, and that's why you see a lot of single barrel barrel picks. Yes. Yep. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I think, you know, their story is Knob Creek's been around forever. Mm-hmm. They don't have it. I mean, the story is not, it's like Jack Daniels. It's essentially like yeah. Jack Daniels. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Jim Beam. Yeah. They've been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've had it, so it's good yeah. drink of bourbon. Yep. But we'll, well, and we'll again, for that. me, I, I I love the fact on this podcast that we have tried so many at this point. I mean, this is episode 26, so we're 26 bourbons in. Yep. And it's, again, this being such a staple, like I bartended for four years, but I'll tell you that when I was doing that, I didn't have enough of a bourbon palate to then to go, oh, yeah, this is different from the non-small batch, the regular, the Jack Daniels small batch. But now, I mean, even as we took the, the neck pour earlier before the, before the episode started, 
I definitely tasted more than I did in the past. So it'll be interesting to get into it um, and, and just kind of divulge the flavors a little bit. Jameson, have you, did you find a flavor profile at all? Yes. Don't do it. Okay. Do you guys want to know what it is? Oh, please. Creamy mouthfeel. <laughs> Taste, aroma, and finish will vary based on the barrel selected. Huh. Ah, okay. Very descriptive. It's uh, it's kind of like a choose your own story or choose your own ending story. Okay. <laughs> or it's a, uh, you get what you get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're Knob Creek. We've just, been doing this for a while. drink you know, it, man. Drink. We're Knob Creek. <laughs> yep. It'll be good. It's like, listen, guys, it's a single barrel taste for nine years. If you don't like it, fuck off. Go find something, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I, I, can I say what we paid? I mean, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a very inexpensive. I mean, all right, it's not the biggest bottle, but mm-hmm. it's 40 bucks. Right. Not bad. It's Not bad. It's, for forty dollars, you're gonna get some decent. Forty dollars, I think this one's good. Yeah. I like, I like, I, I compare Knob Creek a lot to uh, Woodford. Reserve. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's a very similar bourbon. See, and that's that's again another tried and true yes, bourbon. Exactly, and that's where, like I said, for me, it's interesting because before, if somebody would have said Woodford, the first thing my brain went to is, oh, that's really hot. Yeah, but I, I guarantee now that as a as I'm drinking, I'm gonna be like, oh, that's well, bad. in my early in my early days. Um, I would hear Woodford Reserve, and I'm like, oh, top shelf, high end, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, as... I mean, as you go to Applebee's, I think it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, you go to Applebee's, you got Jack Daniels top shelf. But, you know, Eat there's... good in the neighborhood, baby. <laughs> across the board, I mean, there's there's tons of bourbons, and Woodford's, um, it's not a bad bourbon. It's no. a good bourbon. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking no. shit. I mean, it's a good bourbon. Does it belong on the top shelf? Probably not, because I know other bourbons exactly. that should and belong up there. But it's a good bourbon. Yeah. I mean, Knob, uh, Knob Creek... Woodford Reserves, um, Buffalo Trace. Dude, oh, so speaking of, uh, I don't know if you saw it on Telegram for the club. They did the blind whiskey tasting. Oh, yeah. So this is a good point, right, oh, okay. when we talk about high-end bourbons. So they tasted a bunch of them. I think there was a Russell yeah. 10-year, uh, Eagle Rare, an EH Taylor, and then one other one, right? But the Eagle Rare was the 10-year Eagle Rare. So it was a good one, mm-hmm. right, supposedly. You go to a bar that has Eagle Rare 10-year, oh, you're, you're going to pay 40 bucks, 40 bucks a for, for a pour. Right. And we did a, we, other people, members of this club did a, uh, a blind tasting and the Eagle rare dead last most expensive, Mm -hmm. hardest to find the Russell tenure was, and that you can buy that bottle for 35 bucks. Yeah. So the beauty of it is like, as we go through all these different bourbons Mm -hmm. and we give our opinions and you guys are following along at home and want to try some of these, um, the, the, the cool thing about bourbon that I like is it's a, it's a different journey for everybody based on your specific taste. And there's a lot of things that are considered high end and hard to find and rare and mm-hmm. all these different things, but you put them blind taste and you could sit there and go, holy cow, I like this and mm-hmm. it's a $40 bottle versus a $180 okay. yeah. bottle and that's okay. And, that's yeah. the thing. And, and it's like a wine taster's journey, right? Yeah. Um, is one of the top sommeliers. Um, he had his, his course class in one of the World Trade Centers back in the day and he had a book called windows to the world and in the book he says a good wine is not its rarity or how expensive it's what tastes good to your palate mm-hmm. that's a good wine yep. same with bourbon Absolutely. my wife I, I, will drink a 70 dollars bottle of red wine or a boda box for his, for his <laughs> a black box that'll last you like a month and she will take that not in our household she, <laughs> and she will take that boda box mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 times yep. over an expensive 
bottle yep. of wine. It's what tastes good at the end yep. of the day. What what are you enjoying? Exactly. And, and and I hope that this at least helps you try different ones or yeah, exactly. say, hey, you know what? They said that was good. Try it. And if it's garbage to you, hey, it is. Yep. And then you go buy something that's cheaper yep. or, or like that larceny. Mm-hmm. That larceny is really Dude, easy to 20 drink. 20 bucks, love it. Yeah, yeah it's great. I like still got bourbon, if that's all I, granddad bond. Well, yeah. well, I have yeah. a, a good friend, um, Greg Nelson, and he... He likes what he likes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and he he'll enjoy a good expensive bottle of bourbon, but he's he likes what he likes, mm-hmm. and I he stocks what he likes at his home, and I yep. appreciate that, and mm-hmm. you know, tried and true for what he likes. Absolutely, absolutely, and I mean, for me, it's like I used to say Buffalo Trace was my go-to, put it in the decanter at home and have it sitting, but now that I've been able to try so many different ones, one hundred percent, I I try, you know, even eighty laws. We went there. I'd, I'd do that over. I'd do the the Angels Envy. Have we had eighty laws on this show yet? We very haven't. early on. Did we? Very early on. Oh, like, uh, Silk. I, yeah. Silk brought yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out Silk. Shout out to Silk. You need an <laughs> Good insurance, insurance agent. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, this has been open for a little bit now, so let's go ahead and, and get that first sip in. I think we haven't done any 80 laws because Cheers. I have my opinions. I, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to do it now that we're this far into Yeah. You know, tasting. I have, tasting I have their see. corn. I don't like their corn. That's harsh. So the, the corn rings. Is super the four rings is super harsh too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know they're Colorado. They're here. They're off of Vacoma Street. I have my same, they, they they throw some awesome summer parties. I have my same opinions on Stranahan's. Oh, I, I have. I did. Yeah, me. we haven't had Stranahan's on the show for a reason. So Oscar, I if know they buy is, it, I'm I'm good, but I won't buy it. No, I know this is I know this is after you've you've run your uh, your marathon, which by the way, congratulations. I fucking hobbled my red. <laughs> hey, you finished it though. But last week you said when you sip when you when you took the scent because you weren't drinking as much it, it kind of smacked you with the burn. Before I say what I want to say, I want to ask how how this one's doing for you. There's still some some burn there, but it's not too bad. That's um, well exactly, and that's where I was going with it. Is that last week it was almost immediate with the hundred proof um, and the new riff. We took hundred or hundred twenty. Hundred twenty. It's a hundred. Yeah, hundred. So it, it's. Just right off the bat, I'm getting way more of the flavor off of the on the nose yep. of this guy at hundred proof. But again, new riff was a little bit higher rye mash. And so. it was not, I mean, when you age something for five extra years, yeah. you're going to get a lot more undertones as far as the sweeter flavors. Just And these guys have been around for a while. Yeah. In general. They know what so. they're doing. They, yeah, great they point, know what though. the hell they're doing. Great point on the timing, too. You can <laughs> definitely tell what that extra time does. Yeah, because, I mean, you still get the burn, but now it's mellowed out because you've got all these other particulates that have been absorbed in the whiskey that mm-hmm. are coming out via the scent. And even <laughs> I will tell you, though, I can't. Keep referencing the video with a guy. I can't. I still can't. So the video, and we'll probably put it on the <laughs> on, one, on one of the platforms. But yeah. he pours himself some some whiskey, and he grabs it, and he just gives it a hell of a swirl, and then he just dumps it out. Doesn't even like go. He just flings it out of the glass. And he goes, "It got to coat the glass. You don't want any of those impurities." And then he's talking about the proper way of doing stuff. So he pours some more, and then he grabs it and he shoves it. And, he, and, and he's a British I, I, guy. I, I think <laughs> he has this big old nose and he just grabs it and he's like just sniffing the hell out of it. And I'm, I'm waiting for the liquid to go he's, up his he's, nose. He's huffing. With he's that. like he's going at it and he's like talking and he's doing this while he's talking. And then he, he talks about grabbing water because, you, you know, you, you cut down the, the alcohol burn with water and he grabs the water and he goes, you want to grab the water and stick your fingers in the water. And and, we're, and he's like, because you got to make sure that that water's not hot. I've been, I've been around I've been, the country. Uh, yeah, and, and they've served me hot water. So he grabs the water with the fingers in it, and then he pours some in, and then he's like, well, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just watching this like, I can't turn this shit I off. I but. will say, the reason I brought it up is I, can't, I still can't stick my nose all the way in this. It, it, uh, it tinges the nostrils. <sighs> Yeah, it's, it's I'm afraid hot. to go back like he does because it'll <laughs> go up my nose. <laughs> it'll get in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, sinuses cleared. Um, on the on the nose though, I am getting more sweet. Yeah. I, I get I definitely more caramel, of that. some vanilla, caramel, vanilla yeah. for sure. Chocolate on the, on the nose. Oscar, what's your random random uh, note of the day? <laughs> Tennis ball leather. No. <laughs> uh, I'm getting. Um, Car leather lotion. Car leather lotion. Like turtle wax. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff that you that, that you, you supple your leather in your car. Tune in weekly for Oscar's great description of flavoring. Um, what does this taste like? Have you ever put a horseshoe in your mouth <laughs> after it's been in the, the Oklahoma red dirt for about three minutes? You know when your armor all in your tires in your car and the sun just hits just right? You know those fumes you get? It's actually the towel after you clean your car and it's sitting in your garage uh, yeah. for about three weeks. You it, pick it up and you, t- you just put it in your mouth. That's, perfect. What, it, that's what it tastes like. Perfect. Yep. Um, on a Carbon, note, actually. Uh, okay. <laughs> With, as Microfiber as, towels, to be specific. Ask me microfiber. Yeah, if it's, if it's just a regular, yeah, it's a regular towel, towel. No, no that, it's microfiber. Shit leaves shit everywhere. On, on the first sip, I'm, I'm kind of surprised on how much of the spice I get at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it definitely gives way to that sweetness. And I'm, I'm getting more of a nutty flavor at the end. Like a, yeah. almost like a chocolate almond. Yeah. At the end of it. I can get that. Did you say almond? Almond. It's not almond. Almond. It's almond. 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 It's almond. an almond. The almond brothers? What? No, almond. <laughs> almond's a thing. It's to say the almonds are almonds. Almonds? Almonds. I've just learned my mouth doesn't work correctly. Aluminiums? No, 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 no. People say <laughs> almonds. A almonds. lot of people say almonds like yeah. pecans and yeah. pe- pecans. And Maybe it's the New York. I don't know. I think it is. It's I almonds. It's, yeah. I think it's almonds up northeast. Yeah. I say yeah, that's almonds. How, uh, almonds. Yeah. Almonds is how I've always said it. Interesting. Well, now you made me self-conscious of yet another word. That's <laughs> what I do. <laughs> but ultimately, And I'm not wearing my aviators. I'm still wearing aviators, but they're clear. I did get some shit to block out blue light, so I should be good. And But now I have... Eye contact with. I, I definitely, I definitely like. Just ahead, just. Hey, I was forward. connecting with the people. I know, I know. Connecting with the people. Absolutely. Here. I, I just want to say, definitely. I think, out of the last four first sips that we've had, I think this one's been the most pleasurable for me, um, only because I, I am getting more flavor yeah. complexity, especially for a hundred proof. Yeah. The thing for me for this one is, um, it's just I'm, I'm drinking bourbon. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. profiles aside, I'm drinking bourbon. This is it a bourbon good. It's by a, a fire pit bourbon. Yes, it is a bourbon. 100%. It's a it's a bourbon man's bourbon. Yes, 100%, 100%. Pick it up. You like bourbon. This is the bourbon. Yeah, if you guys can pick this up already, I can recommend it just for the price yeah, point. Go camping, grab mm-hmm. it, drink some bourbon by the so, fire. Throw an ice cube in this. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Really open it up. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm glad I got a couple of those sips in before we start on this. On yeah, this me topic too. Here. It's been... It's been it's it's been a hell of a fucking two weeks, dude. But right. <laughs> it's been a hell of a month. But adding to that, something that you've seen a lot of news headlines on is talking about the the debt ceiling or the United States defaulting um, coming by the X day, which June first, um, June eighth, June ninth, depends on what news. Depends on what they say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that that's the topic that we want to cover today, and what we kind of want to start with is what what are we talking about? What is a debt ceiling? What, what's going to happen? What does defaulting mean? Um, so before we get into how it'll affect the housing market, let's go ahead and kind of break that down for them a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, the U S debt ceiling is essentially, can the U S government pay their bills? Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Right. And 
the way they pay their bills is they borrow money from Congress, essentially, to then pay the bills. So they use taxpayer money, they use uh, congressional funds, and the Treasury says, okay, these are the things we have to pay for, whether it's infrastructure, whether it's, you know, uh, not to get political, but financing conflicts in other countries, yep. uh, paying government employees, um, government works, government programs, a.k.a. FHA. Um, not to get political, but we're going to name all the government agencies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The CIA, the FBI. Yep. Have to, though. The military budget spending, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? And that they have essentially Congress sets a limit of how, of much, how debt much debt we can, the U.S. can, we can acquire. And if they go past that limit with no resolution, then the U.S., Treasury and the U.S. government goes into what's called default, right? Mm-hmm. Once default happens, a couple of things will take place. The Treasury can enact emergency China's contingencies. China's going to come repo our shit. Right? And essentially, <laughs> yeah. I mean, unfortunately, it could be, hey, we're going to cut government funding for mm-hmm. different things, a.k.a. Social Security, uh, government paychecks. Um, military members may Support. not get paid. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Projects might get put on hold. Cold in hell. I'll do everything to fund my VA people. Yep. Yep. The other the other piece of it is we do default and the U.S. credit rating takes a hit, which from a financial market standpoint may actually be an even bigger deal because now, as it stands right now, the U.S. dollar is the is the currency throughout the world, right? Yep. So everything is pegged to the U.S. dollar. I know mm-hmm. there's some China and Russia and a couple other it's countries. New world are, order. Yeah, are looking to, <laughs> to, de- to decouple from the U.S. dollar. But the point is the U.S. has been seen as a no-fail, we will pay off our debts no matter mm-hmm. what, which is why people buy treasuries. Because and, and people get all up in arms, list. too, as they watch the, the national debt go up. Yeah. You What's know that what? one website? U.S. It, debt or whatever? Yeah, it's, I mean... It's fake money. It, it okay? is. I mean, at the end of the day, what, what is currency, right? right. And, it's and, fake money. Well, it is we what it is. We and, and now we use paper. To, yeah. to, put, to put things into perspective, every first-world country is in debt. Somehow, right. some way, yes. there's only like three. Mm-hmm. I think one country that has zero debt. Uh-huh. Well, uh, and the then the, the day, lower ones is 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 uh, the Middle Eastern com- uh, countries have very very low debt. At, at the end of the day, but every big country, I mean, uh, the United Kingdom has debt. Yeah. Russia has debt, and we mm-hmm. all spread our debt around. And again, it's 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 a currency that we're we're, we're agreeing because we can we print more freaking money. Yes, you know. So at at the end of it, basically, if the debt ceiling is set at a certain amount. If the United States defaults on that amount and shows that they, they can raise it or they raise it or then, and it shows that we can't pay the, the credibility of the U S dollar around the world drops. And if the U S dollar is the main focus of the world economy, then that's where we see all the scarcity that is going to affect the world economy. The something that we've never seen before, blah, 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 blah. But what we're here to talk about today is how this will affect the United States housing market, Right. Um, especially well, as the financial sector, because yeah. it's, it's, uh, investments and how much you're, they're going to charge you to, uh, borrow the money. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And, and that's exactly, and that's exactly the, the thing though, is the, the U S housing market is based upon how much support we have for borrowers virtually, because I'm sorry, but not a lot of people are going to pay in cash for a house, right? Most people uh, would, I would say 85 plus percent are going to use. Yeah, I think it's 20, 23% last year of home purchases were made cash. Yeah, exactly. So, so you have, you have something that is depend. you have our market that is dependent on these loans. Heavily on, on loans. On, exactly. So that's why it would affect well, us. Well, heavily dependent on, to be specific, treasury bonds. Yes, yes. And exactly. And, and that's the first aspect of what we're going to see. Um, the, the first thing that we want to talk about when it comes to a factor that could be affected in the housing market, if this happens, is going to be interest rates. And if you've been privy to the news, you'll see that um, Zillow did put a, a report out 
I, like we said, I, weeks ago now, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago at this point. Um, but one thing that they're reporting is that interest rates could peak above 8%. And that would be something that hasn't happened in almost a decade. Mm -hmm. at this point, right? Um, so what we kind of want to do is explain why that would happen as a default or if a default were to occur. <clears throat> and as Jameson said earlier, one of the, the basis of what the U.S. economy is based on is treasury bond, the 10-year treasury bond, right? And we talked about it in the past how, and guys, please try and stick with me here because I'll be honest with you, I, I looked over this for about 20 to 30 minutes specifically trying to get this worded right. But as we've talked about in the past, it's kind of an inverse correlation when it comes to how good the country is doing to what interest rates are doing, right? And basically what we're seeing with these treasury bonds is that if treasury bond demand goes down, then what you're going to see is interest rates going up, right? And basically what that attests to is, and I'm going to try and explain it the easiest way possible. If you have less people that are willing to buy these treasury bonds, then that means there are, the, the yield is higher. So people are making more money off of these bonds because less people own okay. the bonds and it can't be dispersed across them. So when that happens, you have a low demand and what do they want people to do? They want people to buy more of these bonds and, and take out more loans. And the reason they want people to buy the bonds is because buying treasury bonds is one of the bigger ways that the US government finances itself. Exactly. It says, hey, buy these bonds, and then when they mature in 10 years, we're going we're gonna to pay you interest on it. Mm -hmm. And at 10 years, you can sell those bonds back to us. The U.S. government makes their money. You make your money on interest. And now what you see is if yield is high and people are making more money, that means the companies that hold these bonds are not making as much money. So what they're going to do is then try to affect that and get more people to buy these bonds. And in order to do that, you see an adjustment come you, in. You need to give them a better return. Exactly. Exactly. And I need to see numbers. Right. Because uh, outside of this, uh, this scary part of the interest rate uh, for me is I'm always on the financial sector of the, the, the workforce. Mm -hmm. How many jobs are going to be lost? I think there was like 240,000. Yep. Again, if we're talking numbers, that might not be a lot. It is substantial. But if it, that is higher and the rates get higher, mm -hmm. we're in trouble. Yep. If the rates are slightly higher, but only that many jobs are lost. That means people are still working. Mm -hmm. Our economy is still good. The definition of a recession is very vague. Mm -hmm. We're we could say we're in a recession now. How deep <laughs> into a recession are we going to go? Yeah, there's so many yep. different definitions well, of so, recession. And, and that's that's what you really have to focus on. Um, you know, again, my business is off of a, a needs, not a wants, yeah. right now. Mm -hmm. So if you need to sell or buy, definitely, it's never a perfect time, but do it. But what you need to focus on is the numbers and the percentages. Mm -hmm. The percentages are going to be super low, but the numbers are going to be super high. Well, and, and what Oscar is referring to is kind of this perfect storm that we found ourselves in when it comes to the housing market. Because right now we're sitting at an average, I think the last number that I saw, an average home price across the country, anywhere between $400,000 and $450,000, right? Four sixty eight was the latest update. The latest, okay, yeah. So Find me a house in Denver, three bedroom, two bath for four sixty eight. <laughs> townhome. So, well, let me just give you guys an example, right? So... <clears throat> You, you ask, okay, we always hear interest rates. How would this affect, how would that affect it, right? So let's say, I'm, I'm going to go low here. Let's say you have a $400,000 home and you put a standard 5% down on that home. Normally, your payment's going to come out anywhere between $2,000 and $2,200 roughly. 
Now, if you take that interest, that same interest rate from 6.2% to 6.5%, now you up it to 8.2 to 8.5, what you'll see is that monthly payment going from anywhere to 2,000 to 2,200 up to 2,600 to $2,800. Not three grand. If not three grand, right? So that is what the detriment yeah, of- Yeah, it's about a 450 to $500 a month increase. Right, so we go to 8. minimum. Right, minimum. so that's, that's what the detriment of this interest rates being raised would be. And the reason that it's so much of a problem right now is because especially in a state like Colorado, where we have seen home prices increase by 30 to 45% over the last four years, when you have when you have home prices that are level that are okay, maybe around <clears throat> 330 to 400, it's a little bit easier to bite at 6.2. But when you have elevated home prices, again, over 480, 550, up to 600 in Colorado here, we're looking, you know, what, 550 plus now? 585, I think, Five, Yeah, right? almost $600,000 standard. Now imagine doing 8% right. on $600,000. paying $4,500 a month. That's very undoable for a lot of Americans, especially when you look at the median household income across the country being... 55 to And the 60, problem 000. is, I was like, all right, I just won't buy. I'll go rent. Well, mm-hmm. what do you think these investors are doing? Yep. They know the interest rates are high. I could get more money. Mm-hmm. You have to rent. You're not going to buy. So I'm going to up the rents next next time you have to renew mm-hmm. your lease. Buy $1,000. I mean, and they're going to get yeah. it. And so we're it's a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Jameson earlier. There, I saw a, a TikTok last night of a girl saying, oh, I live in South Denver and my, my rent's going up by $1,200. It's like, up. yeah. Especially, and not only that, but now they're facing down these extra taxes that we talked about. Uh, yeah, Gallagher. <laughs> right? So well, absolutely, yeah. it's going to go up. And here's here's the interesting part of that whole article and why this is such a, a tipping point. Uh, so you would think, right, that if interest rates go to 8.5%, it is going to cool demand, mm-hmm. which would then put downward pressure on, on home prices. Yep. Right? That's the logical thing that would happen. Mm-hmm. However, if we go back three, four episodes and we talked about the fact that we have underbuilt for the last decade, right? Yep. Since 2010, 2012, what's happening and what Zillow is projecting, and again, it's his estimate, I get it. I don't like him either, but they do have a shit ton of data. Mm-hmm. Um, their projection is even with interest rates at or above 8%, average home prices in areas that have a very restricted amount of homes mm-hmm. would only drop one to two percent. What? Yeah. Right. Not, not, not one, one, so before, 1. before anybody <laughs> comes after us and goes, "See, the housing market is going to crash." At the end of the day, we talk mm-hmm. about foundational. There's a elements, lot of factors. Foundational elements of any free market, and the biggest one, no matter what, you could talk about the U.S. world economy. Mm-hmm. You could talk about the inflation. You could talk about the housing market. It's supply and demand. 100%. So yes, is there a chance if we default, interest rates go up to eight point four percent? Yep. Yes, that's probably what will happen based on mm-hmm. everything we just talked about. But that being said, it doesn't mean that housing prices are going to come down 30, 40, 50% yep. because we have so much demand and so little supply. I just looked at it today, rolling seven days. I don't know if you looked at Ari Colorado there too. Not the last eight Over the last seven days, days right? Mm-hmm. So 1,200 new listings in all of Ari Colorado. We put 1,490 pending. So in the last seven days, We've had 250 more houses go pending than we did actually come in the market. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell you, right? So as long as the supply issue is there, yep. we're, we're still going to see upward pressure on home prices even at 8.4%. So mm-hmm. this is not saying go out and buy before things get terrible. We're just giving you guys information. Exactly. Saying, don't expect if this does happen, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about if we think it will in a minute, it doesn't mean the housing market's going to crash and you're going to snap up a $500,000 home yes. for 250 grand. That's not mm-hmm. going to happen, right? 
Um, the Why? Other side because of this, it's always it's a it's a personal sale. The other yep. side of this too is People now it sell. turns into a self fulfilling cycle, right? So we just had builder sentiment, home builder sentiment go up for the past four months straight. Mm-hmm. Okay, we we get more traffic, we got blah 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 blah. Yep. Well, if if all of a sudden demand does slow down, well, builders are not going to be incentivized to build houses. Yep. And if they're not incentivized to build houses, that doesn't help the supply issue. Well, and that's not only to not that's not even touching on the fact that the homes that these builders are building are not single family units. Well, I mean, what I'm saying is even if you take single family residences, mm-hmm. right? So now if builders are going, well, eight and a half percent, nobody's going to buy houses. So now the builder sentence is going to go down, which means they're going to, they're less permits are going to get pulled. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's going to happen, which is not going to help supply yep. on top of that. The people that were locked in at four and a half, three percent, four percent. Well, I think it's two million and a half households in the United States mm-hmm. are under a 4% interest rate for their mortgage. If they're staring at eight and a half, they're going to be even more hesitant to sell their house. So that yep. supply goes away. Yep. So what's going to happen is you're going to have high interest rates, mm-hmm. but you're going to probably have relatively stable home prices yep. because there's just not enough homes. And, and we're going to, and, and I'm going I'm to put a pin on that in that for a second, because we are going to touch on it as, as we go through towards the end of the episode. But the next thing that I, the next factor that I want to talk about included in this default would be unemployment rates. Right. And what we've, we've talked about in the past is a lot of the time, Interest rates are dependent on unemployment rates. It is a factor that play into it. But what we're seeing is a unique situation where if we default, employment is going to skyrocket at an amount that Employment honestly, or unemployment? Unemployment. Unemployment, excuse me. Is going gonna, is gonna to raise at a rate that honestly is, I would say, almost unprecedented in front of the pandemic. Why would it raise? Well, so if, the, if we default, like Jameson mentioned earlier, that means that the government is going to have to cut a massive amount of programs, positions within the government, and that is going to attest, at least for the numbers that I saw, we've sat pretty steady for the last year, two years, between 33 to 3.7%, 3.8% on unemployment. The number that I saw predicted that unemployment would go up around 7 to 8 and that's, that, that's crazy. That's, that's an equivalent of... 2 million plus jobs that are lost. Yeah. <clears throat> right? And, and so that's, that's something that you also have to consider. And, and this is why I said we, we put a pin well, into it. Well, then it trickles out, outside of the government. Well, that's government jobs, right? Exactly. And then with the lending stuff, mm-hmm. if, um, if the lending sector is not lending and, you know, they slow down, they got to cut people too. Well, and not only that, but we've already, if you've been, you know, if, if you listener, consumer have been paying attention, the tech, the tech sector, the one that was bolstering and, and growing over the last three years, They've seen cuts that, again, unprecedented. They've gone back to try and, and save some of that spending. So if that Whatever, is Whatever, don't talk stuff about Elon Musk. That dude's awesome. <laughs> so if, if we see everybody it, from, from Twitter. If, if we see, on, and again, how, how, okay, unemployment, we default, unemployment goes up. What does that mean? Obviously, if, you can, if you're able to connect the dots easily, if people aren't working... People aren't making money. And if people aren't making money, are they going to feel comfortable? They're not buying large, houses. Exactly. They're not going to feel comfortable putting large down payments down. They're not going to feel comfortable putting themselves into almost a $4,000 a month payment. Yeah, I think uh, there's a there's an interesting argument about unemployment that's a little controversial. Um, <laughs> Why not? Go, go for I, it. <laughs> I, mean, I personally don't. I don't think unemployment's going to go that high mm-hmm. because as – and, and I'm going to go on both sides of the aisle here. We're not getting political, and this is why I want to bring this up. But starting with the Obama administration and then transitioning into Trump's administration and then continuing with Biden's administration, mm-hmm. the one thing that's been consistent from a labor market standpoint 
is the U.S. government has significantly cracked down on borders, right? Yeah. For some, maybe not enough. For others, too much. But over the last... <laughs> I just saw my people... I was in North Carolina two weeks ago and I just saw everybody like... Yeah. Hey, took her down! The, 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 point is, the point is, if you look at from, you know, 2000... When Obama got elected? 2008, eight, eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Until now. Previously, from the, the 80s and the 90s, the amount of labor mm-hmm. that has come across the borders has significantly decreased Mm -hmm. like in the millions so what's happening and one of the one of the the weird parts about what we've been going through with the pandemic and why everybody's like well we've you know the the fed fund rate's been raising and the goal is unfortunately to their goal is to to increase unemployment Mm -hmm. and they haven't been able to do it even with the tech layoffs and everything else because we don't have a ton of labor coming in from across the borders anymore Mm -hmm. so the workforce is what it is and everybody's looking for a job, which is why unemployment's so low. So mm-hmm. I would think that if that still stays the same, even if you ask the government jobs and a couple of different things, I don't know if it'll go up that much yeah. because we just don't have enough labor. And we have an aging population. Mm-hmm. We've got the baby boomers are all going into retirement, right? Well, and I'd love to see how much this, this baby gig boomers economy- retirement. They're dying, man. Well, well, outside of that, I mean, if you want to get real, um, none of our, none of, none of the generations right now that American generations are going to go into farming, agriculture yeah. and farming. Correct. They're not going to do it. They're, well, they're, not, they're at, not picking strawberries at, or anything like that. You want to go that. into climate change? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So well, it's, it's an interesting argument. Yeah, it is. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. To your point. Now look at, and again, not getting political, just talking about facts and, and what's Fuck what's it, we're getting political. Right? Look at what happened in Florida once once they passed that that bill where it's basically you have to, everybody has to show if you have 25 plus employees, literal videos of fields mm-hmm. not being, with no workers. And to your point, if if job, jobs are available. That's what I'm saying. So I think the <laughs> unemployment part's a little bit different. Yeah. And again, you're, so what's going to happen is that's still going to stoke demand. So mm. I guess my whole point is in all this doom and gloom, I think like projection wise for home prices, if you guys are waiting for the market to crash, even if we do default, maybe 10% home values. Maybe, you know maybe. what? I, I know we mm-hmm. keep on saying uh, we're not going to get political, but let me get political just briefly. Um, whether you're red or blue, I don't care. Do your homework when you vote. Because there's a lot more involved in the decisions that are made mm-hmm. that if you're humanitarian, obviously, you, oh, this is all I'm going to give. But there's give and takes there. That, and if all you're fiscal and, and you want to mm-hmm. go here, you're all numbers. Well, I don't want that, but I want this. Well, there's, there's also give and take there. Just do your homework when you vote and don't make it Just personal. In, in general? Get information. Well, not only do your homework, vote. Yeah. Please, First of all, just vote. Vote, vote. exactly. Yeah. And it's, but it's, don't it's, vote uninformed. It's, it's, exactly. Can we make that point? Do not yes. do not vote uninformed. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, don't vote uninformed and it, oh, it's it's my privilege I could do it. It's not it doesn't it matters. It's a it's not only a privilege. It's 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 your right if you want to have a voice. If you want to bitch about something and not vote, yeah. I'm not going to listen to you. Exactly. You have, you have do something about it. 100%. Now if you're voting, okay, now if you want to get even more, go in there and Go to the town mm-hmm. halls. Go voice your opinion. And I, w- I will something. say one thing that makes me very, very proud of the TikTok social media thing is I do feel like we are getting more visibility to more people on things that are You creating, matter. Both. Yeah, exactly. That show our voice matters. Make a decision. 
It, and if you do, and if you do it educated, you we can form a country that is beneficial for red, blue, yellow, white, whatever. We can make that happen, but you have to go out and put the effort in and make it what you want it to and be. And please, please play devil's advocate. Yeah. I don't care how hardcore you are about a certain mm -hmm. subject. Look at the other side. Yes. And look at the other side why they're doing it because there might be a point that you're like, you know what? Damn. Adele's got a great song about it. Well <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and in the background, are we going to play, because I'm proud to be an American. Well, and it's, what's funny is, what's funny is you, know, like, you, preface oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. With, you preface that with, I'm going to be a little political. Based on this fucking ecosystem that we're in politically, I don't consider that political. I consider that American. Well, and at the end of the day, we're, we're talking about the U.S. debt ceiling and mm -hmm. what it could mean for you guys if you're looking for a house, whether it's renting, buying, so on and so forth. The, the base summary of what we're talking about is if we default, mm -hmm. that's worst case scenario. I personally don't think we will. The U.S. has never defaulted on their debt ceiling ever. We came close back in 2011. Some emergency things happened. We got through it and we're good. Um, so I don't think it'll happen, but be prepared, right? So mm -hmm. a couple of different things. Let's say you're shopping for a house now and you're working with your lender and you've gotten pre-approved and you're out shopping. Ask them it's if they have- shopping. I have PTSD with shopping. Every time you say shopping, I have like Target comes into Yeah, <laughs> sorry. If you're home Target. perusing, uh, ask your lender about if they have lock and shop rates, yep. right? Because what you mm -hmm. don't want to see happen is let's say it does go worst case scenario. And you're shopping for a home right now. And in three weeks, we default and immediately interest rates go up. You don't want to sit there and be like, I found my dream home. Now it's two and a half percent higher, right? Yep. You don't want that to happen. So be- It's a grand more that you're going to pay a Be month. proactive. The mm -hmm. other thing I will tell you right now is I personally, again, I don't think we're going to default. So I don't think interest rates are going to go crazy. However, we talked about this in a previous episode. I forget which one. The market in general, especially the financial market, is yep. such a psychological game mm -hmm. that all of these different little things are just making investors nervous. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on what side you're on, in our economy, investors drive yes. our financial markets. Mm -hmm. So if they're uneasy, interest rates are going to be uneasy, right? Yep. We've gone chopped between 585 mm -hmm. to 7 for the last eight months. And Watch it's gone up and gone down market. and gone up and gone down and yep. gone up and gone That's going right? to be a good, good indicator of what's going to oh, happen. That's what I'm saying. 100%. So, and what happens is, and this is why the, the debt ceiling <clears throat> is such an important thing, is the stock market is, is historically seen as volatile, yes. unless it's a blue chip company, but even then, mm -hmm. it's volatile. Treasury bonds are seen as the safest investment you can have because it's backed by the full faith and credit of the United States of America. Because the dollar's the worth point. one ounce gold. Right. <laughs> However, if we default, all of a sudden, it's not the full faith and credit. It's mm -hmm. like, oh man, you got like a 480 credit score yep. US. I don't, I'm not going to invest in this. And well, that's when things would go absolutely insane. And, and as, as much so as a prepared. lot of people that are, that are political would like to say, well, there's idiots on that side. Well, there's idiots on that side. Uh, they have their respectable reasons why they're yeah. in office. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them are a lot smarter than I am. A lot of them are not. But I have, I'm a faith in humanity. I have faith mm -hmm. in everything. And I'm a gambling man. I think we're going to be okay. Well, I mean, I'm a gambling I, man. I, I do not have faith in humanity. I'll come out <laughs> and say that right now. I, I so, mean, um, I, don't, I don't think we're going to tank. No, but I don't think we are either. We're, we're going to get through so it. It would be too catastrophic. Yeah. If we default, too much has gone. Too much yes. stuff has been stacked up. Yes. For if it to we, just fucking top. If we default, you see potentially unemployment. Mm -hmm. You see financial markets go haywire. You see the treasuries tank. You see uh, countries demanding payment now. Right. Yeah. Like we have agreements with China and with Russia and with Great Britain and with Germany, the EU, whoever it is. Say, hey, you know what? We're not going to pay you back right now, but. We will eventually, we're going to share resources. And so far, everybody's like, yeah, no, no problem. You've never defaulted. 
if we do default, that goes out the window. So that can have global consequences, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, unemployment wise, if you talk housing market, if we have to cut government programs, we talked about this before the mm-hmm. podcast, one of the government programs that could be in jeopardy is FHA, yeah. yep. right? Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, if FHA is now not a thing- What about VA? Or VA, mm-hmm. right? Anything government- Two very, very key elements in exactly. the US. So for those reasons, mm-hmm. I too believe that we will not default, but it is important for you guys watching, listening, to do your research and understand how you can prepare. So if you're out shopping, Ask if you can lock your rate in, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If you are looking at refinancing, maybe look at it sooner rather than later. Obviously, right now it may not make sense, but if you need a HELOC to pay off debt or anything like that, talk with your lender and see if it's a good idea before. Because one of the things that that will tank with a default or variable credit lines. So HELOCs are more expensive. Credit cards are more expensive. Mm -hmm. Car loans are going to be more expensive. Well, and with that being said, as these things get more expensive... That's going to lead into something that we've already well, well, seen. Well, again, the job market with the whole agriculture, your groceries are going to get more well, expensive. Yeah, exactly. Well, but across the board, as we see these things get harder, as <clears throat> spending for the average American goes up, do you think, let me ask you guys, are, are people going to sell their homes? No. No. No, right? So that, that's another element as, as far as how the default will affect the housing market. What we will see is an already restricted inventory become even more restricted because unfortunately there is a correlation between higher interest rates and people sitting in their homes. So I did the math on my house the other day, mm-hmm. right? Um, and if I sell it for, well, I'll be transparent, whatever. It doesn't matter. I bought my house for 540, right? Yep. Two years ago, two and a half years ago. I could probably sell it for like 730 ish mm-hmm. somewhere around there. So you're talking what I've paid off versus what I can sell it for minus some debts. I could probably make 250,000 on it in three years. Mm-hmm. Killer, right? Mm-hmm. Part of the reason why I, I love real estate is because if you do it right, you can build generational wealth. We talked about that before, yep. and I love helping people do that. But if I take that $250,000 and I upgrade my house, I got mm-hmm. some Taylor Morrisons right down the street between you and I, the hillside, mm-hmm. that have the 30,000 square foot lots. I want that rich homes. one on top of the hill. I know, right? Um, I could put $250,000 down, mm-hmm. but my interest rate's at 3.125. Exactly. So I am going to pay significantly more mm-hmm. to have a bigger house. And yep. that's it current rates if yep. it defaults to 8.4 to mm-hmm. your point mm-hmm. dude there's it literally it, makes no sense no sense and, yeah. and that's and that's why i say this the housing market is, is affected by the default maybe not at such an expansive rate but we can't can. touch our mortgage right now but no, no but I, like, I i have a uh, i have a 2.78 hey what, yeah, exactly. 2.75. What, what do you pay on your mortgage Full transparency. Uh-huh. Uh, my mortgage is 2900 and how big's your house uh, 5,000 square feet. How many rooms and bedrooms? I have currently without my basement. Without your basement. Without my basement, four bedrooms. Four, four three, bath. right? Yeah, four yeah. three. Yeah, so four, it's a four, four three, four, five thousand, four, four. Wait. No, four, three, I thought. Two, yeah, four, three. Four, three, yeah. 5,000 with the basement, right? Backs to open space, beautiful lot. <laughs> and you pay mm-hmm. $2,900 a month. Because it's fucking interest rate. Yeah. What did we just, what did we just mm-hmm. say? If a $400,000 you- townhome mm-hmm. is $2,800 a month yep. right now. Right now. So That's why I made the move. I case, lived in Littleton yeah. before I moved to Castle Rock. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Home we told the story before, but Oscar bought the house that we were going to buy. And we yeah. decided against it. But but, case, <laughs> oh, but, but again, case And I have point. improved the shit out of that house. Right? You should come see it now. But, That's why uh, we didn't buy it. So <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was in Littleton. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to move to Castle Rock. And I was looking in Littleton. And I was like, man, home prices are going berserk. But I made the move because 
that freaking interest rate was fictitious. Well, yeah. To me that I've been in the business forever, yeah, exactly. I'm never going to see it anywhere in the twos again. Yep. I'm I'm going for the cheap money. Exactly. And that's why I moved exactly. out here and, and I now, bought that house. And unfortunately for the 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 rest of us who did not jump on 2.9, 3.2, I'm sorry, but people are not going to get rid of 3.2. To go into 8.5, I don't care where you are. You could be a in the back, whole day in hell, the back so slums of, of Wyoming, the back, whatever, Appalachia. Nobody. So like, is, first of all, there's no slums in Wyoming, no. mainly because there's nothing in Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, like, there, but, there is but, not only no, no slums, right? there's nothing. There's, there's nothing antelope there. but and could, jackrabbits. But nobody in their right mind big is going to do yeah. that. So the default. Oh, hell no. You move me next to Oprah, I'm going. But, <laughs> but the default Montana, baby. Is go, can, can affect the housing market. On not only interest rates, not only unemployment, but available housing and inventory. And that is something that is, out of all three factors, going to become, I think, the heaviest factor is how many homes are available. Because at the end of the day, you can have people with as much money as possible. But if those people, if I have 10 of those people that are fighting for one home, how is that going to play out? Also, the... Not silver lining, but the important point to understand here, mm-hmm. and I've said this before, time in the market will always be timing the market, right? Say so it again. Say it again. Time in the housing market will always be timing the housing market. Mm-hmm. For what Charlie just said. TM. Put that shit on we t-shirt. just said too, mm-hmm. right? We're saying that if interest rates go to 8%, home values may drop 5 to 10, Okay. Mm-hmm. But if that's the, that's at max, that's at max. Again, that's five percent is max. That's a max. That's like the, that's like the big one, right? Yep. If they drop one or two percent, remember you're paying off probably a larger percent of your mm. mortgage every year than it's dropping in value. Yes. So what? So if you can afford it, if it makes sense for your financial plan and your your specific status, your family mm. status, whatever it is, it's going to sound scary. But if the goal is to get into a place, build wealth, and then ride it out, because the beauty of this is. Let's say you do get in at 6.75% right now, tomorrow, we get you under contract. And then in a month, the market goes absolutely insane. We default, mortgage rates are at 8.5%. Mm-hmm. Does your mortgage rate change? As long as your job it doesn't, doesn't change, not, you're not. solid. That's it. Exactly. Right? Write it out. Write and we it just out. said, mm-hmm. I, don't, I personally don't think unemployment, unless you're a government employee, I don't think unemployment's going to affect you that much. Yeah. Honestly. Mm-hmm. If you're a government employee, yes, because it's funded by the federal yeah, government. Yeah, maybe they'll furlough you a day or two a week. But outside mm-hmm. of that, if you can get in even at a 6.85%, and it's a little bit above your comfort zone, but now over the next 10 years, you can pay off your principal, mm-hmm. and your principal payoff is a larger percentage than a annual 1% decrease in home prices, which by the way, I don't think in the history of the United States, other than 2008, we've ever had no. more than three consecutive years of negative no. home valuation. Mm-hmm. Not only that, in 10 years, that's a lot of time. Anything can happen. And yes. time in Refinance. The in 10 years. Refinance not, that thing. Exactly. Yep, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So yes, it's doom and gloom. We want you guys to be prepared. We want you guys to, like, worst case scenario, so you guys can make decisions that you need to make. However understand that the answer is not, okay, I'm not buying. I'm just going to rent because if the goal is financial freedom or ability to borrow against an asset, buy. And And again, it's beating a dead horse with this podcast. Inform yourself. Mm -hmm. Call us. Let's, let's do an analysis. Yep. Yep. Let, let's see where mm-hmm. you where you are, where it fits. If it doesn't make sense, doesn't I'm not going to sell you nope. anything you don't want to. Nope, 100%. But if it makes sense, hey, what are you going to go rent over there for? 100%. At what price? You can own something, and if you don't like it, you're not tied to it. You sell it, rent it out, do something with it. Rentals are going to go up anyway. Let's find out what, what fits I had you. a conversation with a client the other day. 
and they were concerned about their monthly payments, right? And they were like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fiance couple. And mm. they, um, well, get married, right? So, but either way, they're both- Get rent- married first. <laughs> they're both, yes, agreed. They're both renting currently, right? Yep. And they're renting at like $1,500 a month. So then we start putting together and I was showing them some properties or whatever. And all of a sudden we start looking at them and this is not like a, a dig at anybody. This is just the fact that there's two, two different people. Mm-hmm. There's people that do our job and have our career that are in it every single day and understand the numbers. And then there's a consumer that may look at it once or twice if something on Zillow pops up. And you're flooded or, with a lot of information. Right. So Way they were sitting there going, man, I don't know, $3,000 a month. That's a lot. Right. But you guys are paying that anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is the point that to them, was a revelation yep. because they go, wait a second, you pay 1500 and I pay 1500. If we combine it, we both pay 3000, mm-hmm. which is what this $425,000 town. And it's yours. Well, let's not, and even, it's let's, not even, let's not even talk about how, how dating culture has changed. So the thought of combining income with somebody else is now taboo and like, well, no, I, I, we can't do that. Whatever. I can't plan on that. Do a fucking prenup. People and, combine yeah, incomes. If you guys I got to have a conversation assets. at Figure home. Figure the fuck out. Right? <laughs> I'm the only income at my house. <laughs> Figure it out. But honestly, yes, work-wise, though, I, my wife holds down the fort. I think I think that, that we I think that we we honestly, I'm going to say this for myself. If you're watching, if you would have if you would have talked to me five years ago, I'm very proud of myself at this point for being able to have this conversation and being able to follow it, look it up. But that has been five years of constant education, mm-hmm. growth, learning, and accepting that. I do not know as much as I fucking think I know. And you know what? I don't know shit. I've been in the business for 20 plus years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know everything. No. Mm -hmm. You have to constantly be growing. And I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thanks, sir. And on that note, guys, I think we can move on to our one rock takeaway. This has been a phenomenal topic. And honestly, I think, like I said, it it, it flowed a lot lot easier than I expected it to. I just don't want people to be chicken little. Yeah. No, don't. don't. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things are not going to crumble. We're still the U.S. United States of America. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not, we still, I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to flex my American. And I'm proud to be American (laughs) where at least, honestly, at the end of the day, like, and, and I was, I was that, like I said, I'm, I'm going to flex my American privilege real quick. At the end of the day, we still have the bigger stick. I don't care. We're still a good, we're, Mm. we may not be the top of the food chain anymore, but we're still up there. We'll figure things out. We have smart people. We got dumb people, but we'll figure things out. Absolutely. Um, it's all on your basis. Do the math. Do your homework. If it doesn't fit, don't. Wait for a little bit. But if it does, roll with it. All right. So let's go ahead and, and give them our one rock takeaways. Oscar, you're, you're on the roll. Go for it. One, I mean, again, it, if, if, if you're going to make the move, make the informed move. Don't just go blindly on what Zillow or the government or definitely not the media come talk to one of us we'll talk numbers especially me i'm number driven we could be up in our up to our eyeballs in debt and oh my god if we're gonna crash and like you know what this makes sense numbers don't lie go for it ball don't lie yep and i'm i'm gonna piggyback on oscar on that one and it's trust the people who are are looking at this every day um and 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 that's talk to me yeah, I, I will beat Zillow yeah, every day. I don't well, care. Their algorithms not, don't, don't. That's not even to say, if you don't want to talk to me, don't. But trust somebody whose job it is to understand this, know this, and, and that can honestly help you with the information, whether it be good or, or motivated by selling a home or whatever it is. People in the industry have to be up on this because it affects our income and our way of life. So whether it's us, whether it's another person in your family, a, a friend, 
reach out to somebody who is in this realm every day because they will be able to break it down in a way that you can easily digest it. Talk to your local realtor, mm-hmm. financial planner, or lender. Yep. They'll give you the skinny on it. Jamo? I want to go to the random one again yeah. and say my biggest takeaway is Adele. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Adele, Adele, <laughs> she has depressing ass music and I but, like drunk Adele, which not also. sober Adele. And I saw her at the NBA finals because again, Nuggets, baby. I'm, I'll be there. Let's go. Nuggets, Nuggets. Finals. At the, I, I saw her at the Western Conference final. She is an attractive woman. Yeah, yeah, she is very much an attractive hey, woman. Her not, music is depressing do, as shit. It has but, nothing to do with the fact she's worth like a billion. <laughs> I mean, and, I, and she's I'm a very not, attractive hey, woman. I'm, hey, not, I'm, I'm not taking five, it away six, from her. But the wallets make me six five. Right? Yeah, you know what? Or our buddy Shelby, she turned me on to the the Nike Air Max or whatever, what gives me like three more inches, so I'll be like six foot. You like that one? Yeah, that was good. Yeah. You just you, you, normally you come in, you're, you're kind of there, and then all of a sudden drop it. That yeah, was good. That was good. So no, that's. Yeah, my rock my, takeaway Adele's hot. It's not no, it's not. Well, I mean, she is, but it's not. That's not it. It was just a funny one because it's a little look at argument from both, both sides. sides. Definitely. Uh, no, my rock takeaway yes. is I I need people to understand and see the bigger picture. Yes, because everybody gets so t- like tunneled in horse blinders. I'm running a race and Peaky blinders. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if you look at the Kentucky Derby, was what. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was. May 5th, May 6th. There's a reason they put blinders on horses. They don't mm-hmm. want the horses to see the horses next to them, right? Because they just want a single goal and, hey, you go from here to here and that's all I want you to focus on. But that's how people, for the most part, live mm-hmm. their lives. And I think if we, as a society, get better at understanding the larger picture and the ramifications of decisions that maybe not just affect us, but everybody else, mm-hmm. we'll be able to make better decisions in the long run, right? If it comes Fucking to housing, it. it's the same thing, right? Yep. Somebody sees, oh my God, we're gonna go to eight and a half percent, I'll never afford a house. Mm-hmm. It's the wrong mindset, right? Yeah, 100%. The mindset is, okay, that is a probable or a possible outcome. It's a hurdle. Here's my situation. Mm-hmm. Let me go build a team, like Oscar said, around a financial advisor, a realtor, a lender, a whatever, a life coach, and go, okay, how can I accomplish this goal? And give, me, get give me the information. Different perspectives yes. and different areas of expertise mm-hmm. to make you to help you make the best decision. You'll be surprised. But the only way that works is if you go, I'm going to make this decision for the now, but I'm also going to consider what this decision means ten years from now. Excellent. I like it. Um, I like I, it because I, that that I, that encompasses everything. Yeah. Financially, where, politically, it encompasses everything. Where, I love where it. Where I really like it, it's also it, it also kind of hurts me because unfortunately. Being somebody who was short-sighted, and I've mentioned this in the past. I've mentioned this in the past. <laughs> I was his boss and mentioned this in the past many, many times in many yes. one-on-ones. Unfortunately, short-sightedness is a byproduct of the society we live in today yes. with headlines, with consumption of information. It, that's a big ask. It's a big one-rock takeaway. It is. It is a big one. It's a fucking boulder. But at the it's same time- It's not a rock takeaway. And it hurts. That, but, but at the same time, you're absolutely right. That- Education, information, vulnerability, and trust is what will lead us into a better outcome for the masses. Well, get it, out of it, your it comfort gives, zone, and if you're it scared, it gives credence do to what scared. Oscar said earlier. Right, take mm-hmm. the emotion out of those decisions, yep. and you're able to now actually synthesize information correctly mm-hmm. and make a better yep. decision. Like uh, that's it. That's all. Numbers it is. don't lie. Yep. I oh, love man. numbers. If we could just, if we could just take emotion out of so many decisions, 
Yes, that first thunder? thunderstorm. Wow. <laughs> oh, thunderstorm, baby. Love it. Let's get oh. it. Love it. Um, on that note, I think it's time to move into our bourbon review. Let's do it. Yep. Um, I make it fast. I need to get my car under a <laughs> garage. <laughs> my car. If it starts hailing, I'm screwed. <laughs> my, my Jeep's already fucked. So. <laughs> um, I, I honestly, I see why Knob Creek is a is a tried and true brand. Um, that that's. That's how I'd like to start it. As as I was sipping through it, even you know, I poured a second glass. I don't normally do that, but as I was sipping through it, it 100% opened up mm-hmm. um, for the hundred proof, especially that we had another one last year. Yes, difference nine years, four years. This one, I can definitely see the difference in in that in that year mark. Um, it makes a difference. Hundred hundred percent. I got way it, more flavor. It tames the bourbon down. Yes, it, oh, age ooh. does. It's ooh. more. It's more ooh. complex. Ooh, yeah. No, it's, Age tames the bourbon. Mm-hmm. God, that was beautiful. I, yeah, I like that. I'm down ass. with that. Um, so let, let's go ahead and, and, and move into our rock rating. Um, I, I started the last couple ones, so I'm going to pass it off to you, gentlemen. All right. So I think I went last last time. I'll go first this time. Uh, and I think New Riff we did what four and a half. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I, if I take this for price, sipability, and then the mood it puts me in. Right. Like right now under a covered patio. With a fire pit yeah. this evening, mm-hmm. sipping this, neat. Mm-hmm. I, dude, I'm going to give it a three. I Like three and a half because I know we've tasted some good ones, but 100 proof and how easy this is to I'm drink. I'm not going to argue with that. How nope. complex it is. Mm-hmm. It opens up and it's opening up without water. So like, I think yes. if you put a, if you put a, oh. a cube in this <laughs> thing, water. Uh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think if you make this as an old fashioned, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a three. Mm. I will say I like... Honestly, and it's what I love so much about it is the fact that, like you touched on, is bourbon comes into an experience, right? Yes. It's good, it's bad, whatever it is. The topic that we're talking about, the price, the flavor, I 100% agree with you. Putting this nine year 100 proof against a four year 100 proof last year, I gave it a 4.5. I'm right there with you. I'm going to give it a three um, just because I can, I could see myself sitting with you guys. Oh, yeah. Like you said, under a cover patio, having having a hard conversation like this yep. and still enjoying it because of how good the bourbon is. So for me, solid three, for sure. I was going to give it a three before I heard any of that. And I think you compare it to New Age, I don't care how much science you put behind it, age. Yeah, you throw something in a barrel for nine years, shit's going to happen. It's yeah. going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's going to take its no natural copper, course. Cold it's or no cold filter. Yeah. It's well, good I, stuff. On, on, hundred percent. I, I, I really do enjoy the fact that we had a a good bourbon Straight, last year. Yes. yes, a good bourbon last week and a good bourbon this week. Hundred proof, yep. same thing. But the only difference with the years. Well, years in then the distilling process, yeah. right? Like, but they've been I doing can, this forever. I can taste the difference in the flavor complexity. I can also taste the experience. Yes, yes, hundred percent. Yep, hundred percent. And that's absolutely that's such a factor. Is, yeah. is place, people, topic, whatever it is. Knob Creek. You, you know what you're doing. Keep on doing <laughs> you what, you're, what doing. you're doing. You know what Golf you're doing. Hundred percent. Well, guys, thank you so much for sticking around on a on a hard topic, on on a scary topic. Tried to make it a little lighthearted for you, um, but I, I think this this is going to help out. Please remember, you can catch our episodes every week. Yep. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Living in Colorado, uh, the Mile High Perspective, and you can get in touch with us at r e s o t r at themilehighperspective.com. Or give us a call at phone number 303-578-0263. That's 303 because we're old school. That's right. Just saying. 
That's what? right. Uh, 303-578-0263. And follow us on the socials, guys. We, yes. we need followers, man. Yep. I'm the I need Colorado. followers on TikTok. I can't go live on TikTok <laughs> without followers, goddammit. I'm the uh, the Colorado oh, real estate that guy. Rain is getting hard. I, I don't know. know if that's rain or hail. I'm kind of freaking out no, right that's now. that's rain. Because we're under a tin roof. Yeah, that's yeah. rain. Stupid tin roof. But we got to cut it out so you can find me at the lifting agent or that lifting agent on Instagram and TikTok. Oscar? OscarTheRealtor.com or OscarTheRealtor. JMO? The Colorado real estate guy. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, OnlyFans. <laughs> we're I got a link tree. <laughs> we got access to houses, people. All right, guys, have a great week. We'll catch you next time. See you guys. One. Cheers. Later. See you out there. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. You can find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and for our weekly video version, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living in Colorado, The Mile High Perspective. 